Episode 26 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on February 20th, 2017. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week, I hit Galactic Command rank 300. 300 ranks means 300 crates. I'll tell you how I did for gear. Now that players are beginning to reach the end of Galactic Command, could Bioware throw more ranks at us in Game Update 5.2? I'll tell you what might be in the works. Finally this week, not only did Galactic Command XP get a boost, but so did regular XP. Not everyone is happy with this, and I'll tell you why. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed and check out the state of the Old Republic. Well, welcome to episode 26 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another terrific show lined up for you today. First, as always, let's review some announcements for the Old Republic. And just a reminder that character transfers are on sale until further notice. 90 cartel coins is quite the bargain, and given that we've had long transfer sales before, and that this one has no end in sight, I wonder if they should just make this the price until they change something about servers where transferring around would be problematic. Uh, also, uh, BioWare is continuing to accept applications to test game update 5.2 on the PTS. And they did say that as long as testing was happening on the PTS, you could apply to get in. If you are interested, send an email to swotorsubmissions at swotor.com with the subject line, Closed PTS Application. Include the following information. Your account name, the account name of each op member slash guild member you wish to bring to the test, any notes on why you think your op, group, or guild should be accepted into the test, And one final announcement this week, Uh, I will not, I repeat, not be doing a podcast the week of February the 28th. I'm headed off on another much-needed vacation, and I just won't be able to get one done before I leave. So that's all the announcements I have. Uh, Let's slice the holonet and get to the news this week. So the big news for myself this week is that I hit Galactic Command rank 300. Now that's the good news. The bad news is that I'm far from done trying to collect crates and improve my gear. That said, I am most certainly done grinding it out. I may dip into a Dream of Empire Master Mode to top off a rank here and there, but there is absolutely no reason or benefit to continue running this non-stop. In fact, there is some data mined information out there that suggests in Game Update 5.2, the Max Galactic Command rank will be raised to 400 and there will be a new tier of gear. Not only will there be a 100 new ranks, but the CXP required to achieve those ranks will also go up. Now currently, if you are ranked 300, you need 4,990 CXP to get a new crate. Moving forward, you will need 6,040 CXP to get to rank 301, and then rank 400 will top off at 6,340 CXP. In addition to the new ranks, there will be a new tier of gear. Item rating 244 greens, 
which will be about the same power as a 242 Legendary, which is the current best in slot from Tier 3. So, before you just arbitrarily uh, start disintegrating those new greens, you may want to dip in and at least rip out some of those enhancements as they have the exact same stats as their 242 Legendary counterparts. There will also be item rating 246 Blues, item rating 246 Purples, and possibly item rating 248 legendary gear. Uh, the folks at Jedipedia that data mined this were not confident that tier 4 would have a legendary set. Now none of this is confirmed, but given that this is data mined information from the PTS, I feel pretty confident that there will be a tier 4 in-game update 5.2, and I do believe that this will be the gear. What could change is the CXP rates. Uh, if anything is subject to change, it's that, and hopefully they'll go in the downward direction. Now keep in mind that the CXP event will end with game update 5.2, but the plan is to make CXP rates higher than what they were prior to the event. Of course, if you use the CXP event as a ceiling, then anything less is going to suck, especially if the amount of CXP required to get uh, new ranks goes up like, like I mentioned. So with all of this in mind, now we have to decide how to approach tier 3, right? I mean, first and foremost, you want to get to rank 300 before game update 5.2. Now that's over a month away, and even if you are just on tier 1, it's plenty of time. And once you get to rank 300, your gear is probably going to be pretty good. But if I'm any indication, you'll be a far cry from best in slot. I mean, the natural thing to do is just play the game and continue to get crates and fill out your gear. But with another tier on the horizon, it now makes tier 3 gear disposable. So instead of opening those crates, you might want to think about living with your gear as is and saving them up to disintegrate everything inside to help get a jump on tier 4. Likewise, the CXP packs, which are supposed to be getting a boost in 5.1.2, are also worth hanging on to. Remember, they are bind on legacy, so you can get them on alts and use them on your main. The other thing you want to do is hang on to your 242 shells and unassembled components because there will likely be an option to buy those items from the vendor. So, just to summarize here, in game update 5.2, it looks like the max galactic command rank will increase to 400. There will be a new tier of gear, item rating 244 green, item rating 246 blue and purple, in item rating 248 legendary. If you're not yet ranked 300, you really want to try and get there before game update 5.2. If you are ranked 300, then you want to consider stockpiling CXP to get a jump on tier 4, and you can do this by saving up CXP packs and waiting to open your tier 3 crates to disintegrate everything inside and saving your 242 shells and unassembled components to purchase upgrades if they are available. So that's it on potential galactic command changes. Hopefully as we get closer to game update 5.2, Bioware will give us some official details. So, so, you know, that's new gear coming in tier four. I wanted to take a step back and take a look at, uh, the gear we got from, from tier one, tier two, and tier three, because now that I've gotten 300 crates of gear, I just want to share my overall experience with the loot system. So let me start by saying this. There are days when I look at what I do with this podcast and I think, yes, I'm providing a service and hopefully I'm somewhat entertaining. And if not, I hope I'm at least somewhat informative. 
And then there are days like today where I think I should not be allowed to utter the words Star Wars, the Old Republic out loud because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Now, as many of you know, I still play World of Warcraft. In fact, I've been playing playing it since it launched in 2004. So when it comes to gear, I am conditioned to think that greens are crap, blues are always better than greens, and purples are always better than blues. It turns out that in this game, that's not really the case. Now, if we couldn't rip the armorings, mods, and enhancements out of the gear, it most certainly would be, but we can, and as a result, as I pointed out with the upcoming 244 greens, it's definitely not a good idea to just disintegrate items based on their color alone. So before I talk about what gear, what my gear look like at the end of each tier, let me do a little gear 101 for you, and when I say for you, it's really just for me. Now I'll use tier 3 DPS as an example. So in tier 3, there are four levels of gear. You have your premiums, which are your greens, uh, with an item rating of 238. You have your prototype, uh, which are blue, with an item rating 240. You have your artifact quality, which is purple, item rating 240. And then you have your legendary gold, with an item rating of 242. So here are the stats on a prototype or a blue piece of gear. Uh, the armoring that it comes with has 193 endurance, 226 mastery. The mod has 157 endurance, 215 mastery, and 96 power. And the enhancement has 129 endurance, 143 power. And then we'll have either 205 accuracy, crit, or alacrity. Now, looking at a item rating 240 uh, artifact, uh, which is the purple... The armoring has 193 endurance, 226 mastery, plus the set bonus. The mods have 143 endurance, 182 mastery, and 157 power. And the enhancements have 129 endurance, 143 power, and 205 of either accuracy, crit, or alacrity. And what you'll notice is the armoring enhancements, and this goes as well for the hilts and barrels as well, for a prototype and artifact quality item of the same rating have the exact same stats. The prototype armoring does not have a set bonus. However, you only need six set pieces, so you could certainly upgrade one of your items uh, with a prototype armoring and not break the set. It should be noted that prototype and premium armorings are not bound to a slot, i.e. a head, chest, wrist, etc., so you could get a prototype chest piece, rip out the armoring, and stick it in any any piece that you want. What this also means is that a prototype weapon, for example like a pistol, will have almost the exact same stats as its artifact counterpart. The difference being the mod is weaker. What you can do though is take the prototype barrel and the enhancement and then scavenge an artifact mod as you will get duplicate items as you progress through a tier. The fact that the prototype and, art, prototype and artifact enhancements have the, have the exact same stats is important because a big aspect of managing your gear is balancing out your secondary stats, which in the case of DPS are accuracy, critical rating, and alacrity. So as you progress through tier 3 or any tier, you should be balancing out those stats by using the enhancements from prototype gear. You should also look to see where your secondary stats should be for the tier you're working on and begin collecting enhancements and of course augments. 
Those secondary stats only come from enhancements, and they can be found on the ears and implants as well. Uh, the secondary stats on ears and implants are the same as what you find on enhancements. So, for example, a 240 prototype or artifact earpiece will have 205 accuracy, crit, or alacrity. So, if your best secondary stats for item rating 240 call for one accuracy enhancement, don't get too hung up if you get it on an earpiece. As long as you don't have it on, on your implants, you can balance out the rest of your secondary stats without having too much of one or the other. The bottom line is, you shouldn't just disintegrate gear because it's green or blue. As you transition from, say, Tier 2 to Tier 3, those green enhancements might very well be upgrades. As you start to acquire more Tier 3 gear, the prototype enhancements are extremely valuable in balancing out your secondary stats. And you should always augment your gear because all of these things add up and eventually they do make a difference. I have to say, running a Dream of Empire to power through Galactic Command definitely gave me some insight into the power and effect that gear has. It's gradual. It wasn't until I was close to to full 240 that I was really able to cross a threshold in terms of time and efficiency. At Tier 1, it was close to a 10-minute run. By the end of Tier 2, I was down to 8 minutes, and now I can do it in 7 minutes. Now, some of that is gear, and some of that is muscle memory, and just, just the pure nature of, of doing it over and over and over again. But uh, but that's basically how the gear works in this game, and so let me talk about my gear then, and the crates. So this is what my gear looked like after finishing Tier 1. Uh, in Tier 1, artifact rating is 230. And keep in mind, I don't think it was until Tier, tier 3 that I remembered uh, about the prototype enhancements and the, and the various stats and how they all lined up with another. So I really wasn't trying to get, uh, didn't really do a good job of balancing out my gear until I hit Tier 3, which is fine because Tier 1 and Tier 2 are completely uh, disposable anyway. You know, they're all items that, that you were going to replace. So I didn't really worry about that, but there would have been some advantages to my doing that as I went along the way because I would have actually been able to maybe move through just a little bit more quicker because I would have been doing, you know, better DPS uh, than perhaps what I was. But anyway, back back to Tier 1. So this is what my gear looked like after all receiving all of the Tier 1 crates. So for my earpiece, I had a, I had a plus 230 uh, artifact quality ear. Uh, implants, both implants 1 and 2, 230 artifact. My headpiece was a 230 artifact, which of course is the set bonus. Uh, my legs were 230 artifact, as were my gloves. And let's see, my wrist and the waist were both 230 artifact quality. So those were the, those were the set pieces. Uh, chest did not do very well with the chest, so I stuck with this 220 armoring, which had the set bonus, but I was able to put in 230 uh, artifact mods and enhancements, and same with the boots. Stuck with the 220 set piece with 230 artifact mods and enhancements. Uh, main hand and offhand, I had a 230 uh, full 230 artifact main hand, and then I had a 230 prototype offhand. And then relics, I just ended up sticking with my 220 serendis- serendipitous assault, as well as my 220 focused retribution. So for me, the most disappointing thing about uh, tier one was the lack of relics. But overall, it worked out pretty well. And as I said, given that all of this gear was disposable, I wasn't concerned about not having a complete or even perfectly balanced set of gear. 
So then, uh, as far as tier two goes, this is what my gear looked like at the end of tier two. So for my earpiece, got very lucky. I had a 236 legendary quality item. Uh, implants, again, both of them were 234 artifact quality. My headpiece was a 236 legendary quality. Uh, the chest did not get a chest piece again in tier two. So again, I just stuck with my 220, uh, armoring, which had the set bonus, but I did have 234 artifact mods and enhancements. Uh, the legs were 234 artifact, as were the gloves, and my boots as well were 234 artifact. The wrist did not get a wrist this time, so I stuck with my 230 uh, set armoring with a 234 artifact mod. Uh, the belt was 236 legendary quality, and then the main hand and offhand were both 234 artifact quality. Uh, I did get relics this time around, so I ended up with a 236 item rating uh, relic, Boundless Aegis. Aegis, it's not uh, the best, but this is the on use, and that gives you the uh, up boost to your to your power stat when you when, with the on use uh, piece of it. And then my second relic was a 234 Serendipitous Assault, which was good. So. As far as the transition into tier two, I thought my gear was excellent other than the chest piece, which I had no luck with. Everything else more or less fell into place. I mean, I certainly wasn't expecting a full set of best in slot, which was the 236 rating, but I thought four legendaries was quite fortuitous, especially considering that like tier one, this was all disposable gear. So now moving on to tier three, which is what my gear looks like today. So the earpiece was a 240 artifact. My, one implant was a 240 artifact. The other is a 240, but it's the prototype blue, so not not the best. My head got upgraded to a 240 artifact chest. Uh, still no chest piece, but I did toss in a 240 prototype armoring, and then it has a 240 artifact uh, mods and enhancements. So so this this one's pretty pretty good because um, I had seven pieces. I have, I still have my six piece set bonus with that. So I just made that one be, uh, the prototype armoring for the stats. Uh, legs was a 242 legendary. That's my only legendary piece that I got, uh, through all the tier three gloves were upgraded to 240 artifact feet, 240 artifact. Uh, the wrist did not get a wrist in tier three. So I'm using my 230 set armoring with a 240 artifact mod. And then the waist was a 240 artifact. The main hand and offhand were both 240 artifact rating. And then the relics were the ones that I got in tier two. So I'm still running around with a 236 boundless ages and my 234 serendipitous assault. So that is what my gear looks like today. And knowing that there is a strong possibility of a tier four coming in game update 5.2, I'm not sure what I want to do. I certainly don't want to go chasing gear as I don't need it to be any better than what it is now. The benefits are small compared to having a leg up on the next tier. So any CXP packs that I get, I'll certainly hang on to. It's just a question of do I open crates or not? And I have to say I have a hard time not opening crates. I'm just too curious to see what's inside. So I haven't really decided what I'm going to do uh, with that yet. But now that I'm ranked 300, uh, the grind is most definitely over. And someone asked me how I could stand to run uh, Chapter 2, Dream of, A Dream of Empire, over and over again. Well, you know, I've been playing MMOs since 2003. My first one was Star Wars Galaxies. So I'm used to grinding in MMOs. And this reminded me a lot of Star Wars Galaxies uh, from its early 
days. And if you played that game, you might remember the solo groups on Dantooine. Uh, this is where you got into a big group and then took missions from a terminal and then did the missions by yourself while remaining in the group. You got a bigger payout for being in a group and the buffs in the game were so strong that you could solo the content even though it was supposed to be hard enough for a group. So because of this, it was just more lucrative to be in a group but do the missions by yourself. And I could do that for hours. I easily did those missions for three hours at a stretch. So the idea of this type of grind, while not fun, is certainly something I can handle. Um, so while I may be done running Chapter 2 Master Mode for a while, you know, it did remind me of one thing. Master Mode chapters are hard. And the difficulty is ramped up, but not to a level that we haven't seen before. And as I was fighting my way through it, it reminded me of what it was like to level when the game first launched. Which brings me to my final topic this week, the state of leveling in the in Star Wars The Old Republic. Now, earlier in the week, I reached out on Twitter and I asked the following question. Why do people hate the XP bonus? With the level sync, it doesn't matter if you over-level content, and it's not hard at level. Thoughts? And I got a lot of good responses, and the best argument I've heard for not having the 250% XP boost was for PvP. And some people like to play low and mid-level PvP, and this just gets them out of that range all the much faster. As far as PvE is concerned, the main argument against the boost is that it dumbs down the leveling experience more than it already is. But I think the key phrase there is, more than it already is. The leveling experience is so broken without the boost that I just don't feel like this boost makes it that much worse than it already is. I don't really, which is to say, I don't know that it could get much worse than it already is. I think with the changes in 4.0, we crossed a threshold where leveling is just about getting from one cinematic to the other and getting to max level as fast as possible. And when you have a game that's five years old, you need to have a mechanism for new players to come in and get to the newer content without having to spend a month or more doing it. I think that's important. By the same token, Leveling should be more than just going through the motions. It should be more than just letting your companions do everything and spamming that one AoE ability to kill everything. There needs to be some challenge and there needs to be a risk of death from these fights. The level sync was supposed to keep things in balance, but it doesn't do its job. It's great that quests and rewards are all scaled to level. You can stay on Dromenkos or Coruscant and get the necessary XP, even if you out-level everything. But even with the squish, we're too powerful and it makes combat boring and tedious. And there's not much you can do to mitigate that. From an XP standpoint, you could stop using boosts. You could not purchase any legacy perks that speed up leveling. Uh, you could also stay on Gilded and forego the 10% XP boost. And if you have the Victorious Pioneer's armor set, you could choose not to wear it. From a difficulty standpoint... You could just not gear up, or you could wear crappy low-level gear. You could also fight without a companion and see how you do. But these are all sort of artificial means uh, to add challenge to the game. And, and, and as a player, you shouldn't have to go out of your way to do that. The game should do that by itself. And I mentioned companions there, and they're a big part of the problem too, but we have been through this before, right? They were nerfed, and everyone complained, and then they were unnerfed. And I like the changes that they did. I like that they can play a role, play any role, and I like that you don't have to gear them up, but they are overpowered, and 
and especially when you are leveling from 1 to 70. So what can be done here? Well, there needs to be an option to turn off XP gains entirely. A little button in your discipline window, uh, and you can just charge people credits and or coins even to turn it on and off. Uh, other MMOs allow you to do this, and I don't see why Star Wars The Old Republic couldn't as well. And this would allow people to have a permanent low and mid-level characters for PvP or for whatever else uh, you might want to do. Uh, they need to introduce leveling difficulties. And I've seen people suggest replayable, uh, for example, story, veteran mode, and master mode class uh, story chapters. Uh, what I'm suggesting is story and maybe veteran mode level sync. Story would be what it is now, and veteran would squish you down to a point where instead of being five levels above what you're fighting, you might always be three or four levels below. I don't know how balanced it would really be, but it, but it could work, right? It could work. I mean, you know, leveling in Star Wars The Old Republic used to present a challenge. And there are folks like myself who missed that. I remember struggling through the Darth Jadis fight on my Imperial agent. It's a joke now. I remember doing Selma Core on Voss on the Imperial side. That was an incredibly tough fight. Uh, the Sith Emperor for the Jedi Knight was an incredibly hard fight when the game launched. Admiral Shea on Ilum, another uh, Imperial foe, was also an incredibly tough fight. The game used to make you work, and now it just hands you your levels while you watch the pretty cinematics. And when you've got an event like the dark versus light where leveling is just one part of a greater goal, you don't notice its imperfections that much. But now when people are going back and doing it as an escape from Galactic Command or just for the fun of it, it's turning out to be not so much fun. I was working on my Jedi Counselor the other day and I had to stop after a few quests because it was putting me to sleep. And I'm not talking about the story, which, by the way, is my least favorite uh, of, of the bunch. One of my favorite classes, least favorite stories. So to sum things up, I like leveling up fast. However, I also like challenging content. Level Sync was an attempt to keep things in balance, but it falls short and we easily overpower things as we level. I would love to see an option to turn off XP gains as well as difficulty modes where we can choose to have our characters nerfed so that encounters pose the same challenge and difficulty they did when the game was released. Well, all right. Well, as short as last week's episode was, I think I made up for it this week, and I definitely hear the music. So that means you well, means only one thing: you have managed to survive another half hour listening to episode twenty-six of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show's site, which is currently SotorPodcast.com. And there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at sotorpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions to at sotorpodcast or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the podcast. So look for episode 27 on March 7th. No show next week. And remember the Sith Code. Cake is a lie.